Hey friends, this is Caitlin, and I'm so grateful you've decided to join me on The Comeback Couch. So kick off your shoes, put up your feet, and get comfortable with real stories that have shaped real people. You'll hear from doctors, lawyers, mechanics, and moms who shared their experiences of hope, healing, and holding on when it would have been so much easier to give up. Occasionally, you'll hear a story, a teaching, or a quick thought from me. I hope you'll curl up with a cup of coffee and stay a while as we sit on the comeback couch and learn a little more about life and the hope we can find when we look close enough. Hey guys, welcome back to the comeback couch. I'm especially excited today because we have Jennifer Dukes Lee, who I'm like a, I'm going to call myself a friend and a fangirl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been a fan of hers for a long time and got to meet her several years back at the She Speaks conference and we have stayed in touch and um, I admire her so much. Um, She is one of my favorite writers and one of my favorite online people to follow and you you will love her too if you don't already. Um, She is a former news reporter so we have that in common. She's an author, she is the wife of a farmer, and she's also a publishing house acquisitions editor, So, and a mom of two beautiful daughters, so she wears many hats, and she wears them well. Welcome to the show, Jennifer. Well, this is fun, and we are friends, and I am a fan of you, so there, Uh, so it goes both ways. (laughs) Well, thank you, thank you. Oh, I really am so glad you're here. I can't even remember what year we met. Um... I do this every time I have someone on that I met at She Speaks. We both are like, they all, all the years blend together. And I just don't even remember. But um, yeah, so tell, okay, let's start off with um, you telling us a little bit about your new book slash guided journal that's coming out, Stuff I'd Only Tell God, a guided journal of courageous, honesty, obsessive truth-telling, and beautifully ruthless self-discovery. I love this title. And I'm so excited about it. So tell us a little bit about it. Well, this was born out of the fact that I love to ask questions. And since we're both news reporters, we get that. Yes. And um, I have loved a good question, whether it's questioning a presidential candidate or a friend at dinner. And I'm just so curious about people. Like some people might think you're just a nosy reporter. No, I'm legit (laughs) just curious. And I love to hear people's stories. And um, I've just always had this inquisitive nature and um, my faith really grew when I started to ask God questions and realized that he was not freaked out by my questions. And I had many (laughs) and I began to interrogate the Bible in the same way that I interrogated police chiefs. And that really opened my eyes to faith. And so it's just this mix of my personality wanting to ask people questions, wanting to ask God questions and learning how to get honest with God, with my answers. And so I started a running list of some of the wackiest, deepest kinds of questions that have gone through this mind of mine and ended up with thousands of them. And I pared the list down and um, created a book that takes people on a journey. So this book, most every other, well, every other book I've done is really a book that's, you know, the anecdotes are stories of my life, um, the, and, you know, kind of encouragement toward the reader. This is a book that it's about you. It Mm -hmm. is your story. And so I am the guide on this journey of you. 
And it starts by thinking through the people in your life and how they've influenced you for better or worse. It moves into your past. It looks at your present, your goals, your dreams. Um, there's a section right in the middle called um, as honest as I've ever been. And mm. those are the super duper deep questions in there. And there's one called me and my weird ways. And those are the weird questions that I like to ask friends at dinner. <laughs> and then there's questions about your future. And then at the very end, there's a section of vows that you make. Like after you've gone on this journey of self-discovery, how does that change you as you move forward? And so that's what it's about. Totally different from anything yeah. I've ever written, but my goodness, it was fun to write. Well, it is um, different. Yes, is the word, but it's also just so unique in a way that really does prick your heart more than any other kind of book like this out there. Because yeah, I've read your other books and they're amazing, but I love that this took a totally different route and it really does focus on the reader. Because I think what happens is as readers, especially those of us who love this genre and we love to read spiritual, um, I don't like to call them self-help books because I don't think they are, but spiritual direction books, we really are like, okay, we're just going to listen to this person tell us how they've done this thing and then maybe how we can do it later. But this really engages the reader and says, you're going to be part of this book and I'm telling you the things I'm telling you so that you can dig in and get closer to God. And I think that that is, that's just really special because I don't think mm -hmm. there are a lot of things out there like that. And I'm like you, and I do love asking questions. My husband is always like, you are literally like in terror. Like when I meet someone, I'm like, well, what about this? And then who's you? So you're from there. Like, wow, your uncle did what? He's like, you're interrogating them. Like you're doing, you know, a, a, a report on them. And I'm like, I can't help it. Like I'm true. And the same thing. It's like, I'm not being nosy. I genuinely care. And I want to know, like when we're in a movie theater, I'm like, Caleb, what do you think everyone in here wants to do with their life? And he's like, I haven't thought of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. We are the same person. We're the same. I literally exactly. do that. I'll see people like in the mall and I'll imagine oh like who, why they're there and what their story is and what's yeah. going on in their lives. My sister and I are obsessed with this. We make it a game. It's <sighs> so bizarre, but you do this too. Yes, I do. And I'm like, Oh, you do. I, I thought I was alone. Like, Yes, There's a word and not. I think it's a made up word. I remember reading this on Facebook like so long ago, but the word is sonder. And it's like when you drive down the street and you look into, <laughs> this sounds so creepy. When oh, you look I'm into already there mm -hmm. of someone's house and the lights are on and you can kind of see. And I'm like obsessed. I'm like, I want to know everything. Like, I just want to walk in there right now and be like, I'm not an intruder. Can I have dinner with you? And just, I just want to know about you for no reason. And then I'll leave. <laughs> yeah. But there's a word for it. So that's Sonder. Okay. Sonder. We and are two Sonderers. We are two Sonderers. And now I think if we get down to business and get honest with ourselves, I think that most of you listening right now are Sonderers. Yes. You really get honest. I agree. And I think that it's in us because I think that God wants us to be like that. He wants us to like you said, he's not freaked out by our questions to him. He wants us to learn more about other people and who we are. And I, I also love, you know, he speaks in themes. He really does. And he has been talking to me a lot about like 
going back to the beginning of my story and like, and asking people to do the same. That's one reason I started this podcast, because it's Mm -hmm. like, if you go back, you will see his hand and you will find out maybe why you are the way you are now, or you will see like, oh my goodness, that, that thing I'm doing now, or that problem I have, or that blessing I have, he knew back then when that was happening, that this was going to happen. And it's like the hindsight that, you know, he doesn't have to have hindsight. He knew all along. And it is when we do go back, we see that he knew all along and that just makes his kindness even better because he's been preparing us. So take us back. I love that you said this, that you were not, you said maybe I was agnostic, but I was maybe just a wanna believer. And I've never heard that phrase. And I was like, (laughs) there are so many people who probably identify, even if they would say like, oh, I'm a believer, but they're like, I want to be more of a belief. Like I want what I see people have, but how do I? So Mm -hmm. take us back to, you grew up in a Christian home, but then you kind of stopped believing and your reporter self got you digging in and asking questions and your inquisitive brain was the reason for your comeback. Um, So tell us that story. Okay. So I did grow up in a Christian home Um, church. It was the center of the community. It was the center of our lives. Didn't miss a Sunday, Mm -hmm. went to the Bible camps, did the VBS, sang in front of the church, you know, played piano, I, everything. And when I hit maybe like 15 or 16 years old, I'm like, what if this stuff isn't real? Like, because these stories are kind of out there. And I began to intellectually tear apart the stories. And I, I don't know, I guess, you know, it's almost like a deconstruction of faith, but there wasn't Mm -hmm. that word for it back then, you know, I was just like, I don't know about this and why we got a lot of this to happen. And I don't get this about Christians. And so I, after I went to college, I left my faith kind of back in that little church um, and had a really hard time picking it up. Um, again, but I got to tell you, I didn't tell anybody about it. I pretended Mm. like I was believing because I really (laughs) wanted to believe it was like, I was like, if there's a God, I don't think I'm an unbeliever. I just, I I'm a want to believer because I want to believe that the story is true. I don't want this to be the end you know, when this life is over, I don't want to just think I'm here for no reason and have no purpose because I don't want that. I want to believe, but this story is impossible. And so when I was in my twenties, I was sent onto out onto a lot of different news assignments across the Midwest. And I got bored of the same CDs that I was listening to. We didn't have Spotify back then. And so I would turn the dial to AM Christian radio. And um, so it was the first time that adult Jennifer was encountering scriptures that child Jennifer kind of half paid attention to in church. Yeah. And I'm like, this stuff is, this is really like cool life lessons stuff. This is, this is meaningful. I wonder if this is, you know, maybe this is real. Like I'm feeling something here. This is, this is powerful stuff. And then, you know, invariably some speaker or, um, you know, kind of like we're, what we're doing on a podcast, somebody would have like kind of an altar call right on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yes, I confess my sins. And I give my life to the Lord. I am fully yours. I would pray the sinner's prayer with the guy on the radio. And then I'd be like, all right, here we go. I'm going to feel different now. Nothing. 
I was still just like, I don't know what I believe because I, what's supposed to happen? Like fairy dust yeah. happens, like, you know, a choir of angel, angels, what happens? Nothing happened. And so I probably did that 50 times, just giving my life over to the Lord and looking back on it now, like the way that you, you talked about, like you look back on your life, God, I mean, once was enough, but God was working in mm -hmm. all of that. And he was pressing me toward interrogating the Bible and finding my answer there, not basing my salvation on some feeling that I have inside of my Toy Toyota Camry on the way to a homicide yeah. in Eastern Iowa. <laughs> it was how I experience his word and the power that it gives. And so um, the, the, one of the first places I turned was to doubting Thomas. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we called him back in Sunday school. And I'm like, what a, uh, yeah. you know, what a jerk, you know, you keep questioning Jesus like that. Gosh, what kind of disciple are you doubting <laughs> Thomas? Shameful, shameful. And so, but I'm like, wait, I'm doubting Jennifer. I'm and then I looked at how, and then I looked at how Jesus interacted with doubting Thomas and it was with love and grace mm. and with answers. Like he answered his questions. Yes. He didn't just blow him off. He like gave really good answers. Like one of them is I am the way and the truth and the life. Thank you, Thomas, for asking that question so That's that right. now we have that answer. And then the oh. other verse that I read was about a mustard seed sized faith. And I'm like, that's, that's me. And, yeah. and God was saying, Jesus was saying in those scriptures that counts for something. It really mm -hmm. does. And then I became obsessed with prophecy and people who've been believers a long time are like, well, duh, Jennifer. But to me, it was new. And yeah. I'm like, so they said that hundreds of years before Jesus came to earth, like it's all right there. And it blew my mind. Uh, yeah, I read the should. Bible. Yeah. I would read the Bible. Like when I was blow drying my hair, that is how wow. hooked on the word I was because I had years of doubt sitting behind this, these, these, this moment, this season of my life. And I was just hungry to do all this catching up. And so I just started asking questions, started asking questions, and I'm still asking questions. That was two decades ago. And I am still asking questions, still becoming, still growing and still answering questions still getting honest with myself about who I am. And I think the process has um, been really, really fruitful for me. Oh, Jennifer, I just got to tell you, like there were so many times in, in what you just said that I was like, oh, oh, like I kept thinking like, oh, Jesus, I just hope that that person is listening right now because I know that there are a lot of people, at least one person, and I'm talking to you if you're listening that is like, oh my gosh, that's me. Like I doubt, but I'm scared. Like when you said, but I pretended to still believe I, that is the, that is so many people's stories, especially here in the South where I live in the Bible belt, you know? And like you said, church was the middle of the community. What were you going to do? Tell everybody that you were kind of like unsure about this whole thing when they had just been going along with it. You're like, you guys are all going along with it. I'm not sure about it, but I can't tell you that. So let me just pretend. But I, I really do think that more time, more often than not, it's it's not that people are unbelievers. It is that they are one of believers and they don't mm -hmm. know. They they are overcome with shame. And so they just say, well, forget about it. I, I 
I can't ask all these questions. Um, certainly not to God, not to my pastor, not to my parents. They'll all think that I'm going straight to hell. So I can't ask mm-hmm. anybody anything, but you can. And yeah, maybe you can't ask them that that's okay. If you can't, it'd be great to find one person you can't ask, but you can ask God and he will show you. And I just love that. Like your doubt and unbelief drove you to who you are now, the love you have for the word. And that you, I almost teared up when you said I was blow drying my hair, reading the Bible. I'm like, what was the last time I was that hungry for the word? I mean, it made me really be like, I want to, I want to read it all the time. Cause I do. I'm like, I do want to read it all the time, but I don't read it while I'm packing my son's lunch or, you know, or blow drying my hair, but, but gosh, to want to, and to let all those questions drive you there. And that just proves that God is so kind and he does answer. And he, he, that's the thing. When Thomas asked those questions, Jesus doesn't get rattled. He's like, okay, I've got the answers for you. I got this. I got this. And for you to say like, thank God he did doubt a, so that we can see we're not getting struck down for doubting and B we have answers to questions that we all want to ask. It's like, you know, the person in the room, that's always like, I'm just saying what everybody's thinking. Like that is Thomas. He's like, just asking what everybody's thinking. Y'all can't tell me that you didn't ask the same thing <laughs> in your mind. <laughs> and then exactly Jesus is right. like, I already knew y'all are all wondering because I can read your minds. So um, <laughs> I, and I know that your that this book is going to help people get further into that. Hey guys, this is Caitlin popping in for just a second to tell you about our season one sponsor, Harp and Timbrel. They are a super cool Alabama-based company ran by a husband and wife team. They specialize in custom products to celebrate all of life's special moments. From baby hospital signs to larger signs for rooms and nurseries and even milestone cards and little ornaments. I had one on my Christmas tree this year. They create each design to fit your unique need. And they are offering an exclusive discount to listeners of The Comeback Couch. That's you. You can get 15% off your first order with code COMEBACK15. That's C-O-M-E-B-A-C-K-1-5. You can go to harpandtimbrel.com and their Etsy shop. You can even join their newsletter for additional discounts and promotions. So, okay, I want you to talk to the person who is in... And, you know, it's just, a, it's a word that everyone's throwing around and using now, but who is really in deconstruction mode. And they are like, I grew up believing this stuff, but they were either hurt by the church, hurt by a person, or they really just think like you did, like there, this is impossible. So just talk to that person, address them right now. Right. I think that deconstruction, um, you know, it depends on how you view it. I mean, it can be a really right. dangerous thing if you don't reconstruct something. Right. right. Like I, I would, uh, I would be, um, remiss if I didn't say that because my hope and goal and prayer is that anybody who goes through some kind of deconstruction, um, would keep Jesus at the center of it. Like don't deconstruct Jesus, like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Deconstruct the church or your faith or how you feel, but, um, remember, remember the true things, mm-hmm. um, remember the, the factual things, remember who Jesus says he is. And, you know, if at the end of the day that just, if Jesus is just another man who walked the earth, I mean, I, there's nothing I can do to convince you, 
but give Jesus a chance. If Christians have failed you, if the church has failed you, if um, you've been abused in the church, had something traumatic happen by people you should have trusted, um, run the other way from those folks, but run into the arms of Jesus. So let him work with you through what you're working through and um, reconstruct something that's built on the foundation of Jesus. That's what I would say. I, I have a lot of thoughts on deconstruction because in some ways, in my view, my experience was sort of like it. Um, but I, like I said, I didn't really have a word for it. And I came out from being um, indifferent to God to being maybe an agnostic or whatever mm-hmm. it was to being a one, a believer. And now my whole vocation, my whole life is built on Jesus. Like yeah. Jesus is my best friend. He's also the CEO of my business. I mean, that just yeah. blows my mind. Like I didn't even used to think he was real. <laughs> so, you know, my goal is like, give Jesus the benefit of the doubt deconstruct the other stuff, figure, you know, figure that stuff out, find your refuge in Jesus. And then in time, find your refuge in people who look and act like Jesus. Oh, that's, that's it. That is it. That is so good. I've been saying lately, I've just been thinking about deconstruction lately. And it's like, we could maybe like, there's a different word, you know, like reframing or I, I always say it's like uprooting a tree, which is a big job. And then like replanting it into much better soil. And that's like planting it in the truth and in the foundation of Jesus. And, um, you know, let the, the Bible says, let your roots grow down into him and your lives be built on him. And so I think a lot about that because I think that people just say, oh, we're just deconstructing. And I don't necessarily think it's always a bad thing unless you are deconstructing Jesus, like you said, and you're blaming God. Now it's not a bad thing to deconstruct like, and dig into, oh, well, this person, this pastor I had when I was 10 taught me A, B, and C. Well, this doesn't line up with the Bible or this person told me this and it doesn't line up with the Bible. That's great. That's what, that's what we should be doing with everyone. I mean, my, even my pastor who I love, and I'm, I really truly think like, I've never heard him say anything that goes against the Bible, but still I'm going to check. He's a human. So like, I'm going to check him with the Holy spirit and with the Bible. And we all should be doing that. And, but how cool that you literally your, your big comeback story is coming back from like, is this dude real to now my whole life is built on him. I mean, right. Yes. But that's, that's it. Like, that's the story. That's what he can do with any person. And Oh man, I just, I really, I love your story and I love how open you are with sharing it. And I want to know how has your unbelief in your doubt, your experiences with both of those helped you as a mother to two daughters? I have made space for my girls questions. Mm. I mean, I, I, they knew from a very young age that this was something I struggled with. So like, if you were to dig clear back into my archives of my blog, you would see posts about little Anna, you know, age six or seven saying, why would God have Abraham do that to Isaac? 
Yeah. Like really, and why does God not answer my prayers the way he seems to answer other people's prayers? You know, how come I can't find this thing that I've been praying for? Or I prayed for my friends to be nice to me and they aren't. Why is that happening? And so they've had a, they have now a really rich faith life. Um, and their Bible, you look at their Bibles and you can see it and the way they respond. I'm not saying my kids are perfect, but I am saying they are following Jesus, which is my goal has been my goal. There's some, sometimes where they ask questions, um, that are far more than I'm comfortable with. Um, the other day, Lydia, who's at Oxford and is constantly, intellectualizing literally everything said to me, Hey mom, I got this Richard Dawkins book, which is basically challenging the existence of God. And my immediate reaction was don't read that. Yeah. She's like, like mom, no. it'll be fine. I, I mean, I, this, these are the things that will actually grow and deepen my faith. So they're mm. to the level that now they've gone beyond what mom is comfortable with, but they, it, it's so far please Lord, let it be continuing (laughs) that they will hang on to Jesus, even when confronted with, um, big, big, big questions. Oh, and you've modeled that. Like they know, like mom, mom didn't believe. And now she, that's her whole life. And I think that, I think you're safe. I think that she can read the book and (laughs) and it will grow her deeper. You know, I really do. Um, okay. You, if you don't mind sharing, if you don't want to, you don't have to, but what you do um, with your Bibles for your daughters, I think this yes, is, I was literally just thinking of that. Uh, this is the best thing ever. Every time I see you post about it, I'm like, I have got to do this for my boys. So tell everybody what you do. Yeah. So at the start of 2020, pre-COVID, um, Lydia, Lydia was a senior in high school and she said, mom, let's read through the Bible in a year together. She printed out the plans um, and handed me one. And so I was up for the challenge. I knew she would finish. So I knew I had to, because she's like that person. <laughs> um, and so I got myself a new Bible with journaling and I committed to, with everything that I was writing, I, in the margins, it was for her. So there was oh. a duality to my reading because I was encountering God's word in a year and the entire narrative over the year. And it was, it was impacting me personally but when I would write in the margins, I was also thinking of her. So, you know, th- these were the things that I wanted her to remember about God. These were the things where I saw God's faithfulness. These were the questions that I had. Like, I wonder why God did this. I still don't understand this. This will be a question I have for him in heaven. Um, I underlined and and um, highlighted passages that have meant a lot to me and described in the margins why. Um, I shared um, something in Psalm 6 that was... Uh, something that I prayed in high school because I was really feeling sad. And so I told that story and here's grandma's favorite verse and all of those kinds of things um, along the way. And and I try some, at least one thing on every page, which can be really hard in yeah. like genealogies <laughs> and in Leviticus. Yep. Um, although Leviticus, there's a lot more humor in some of the <laughs> there's one section I'm like, doesn't this remind you of COVID restrictions? Like there were all these things that you had to do not to spread the disease. And so, you know, I didn't take myself too seriously, but I took, I take the Bible seriously. Yes. And so we're doing this together. She has no clue what I'm writing in the margins. She has no clue that this is her Bible. And at the end of the year, I said, here you go. I've been doing this for you the whole time. And I call it a legacy Bible. 
And oh, then gosh. I started um, mid 2021 for Anna and I'm actually still going through hers. So I, I'm, then I don't have any more kids. I'm going to have to like, you know, I don't know, <laughs> do one for my mom. I don't know, but yeah. um, maybe I'll just do one for me. But uh, for, for Anna, it's just, I wanted to take a little bit more time because I felt you do it for a, a year of Bible reading for me was intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jennifer, that is one of my favorite things I've ever heard. I, I am absolutely going to do that for my children. Like, I think that that is, oh, so, so cool. You know, and starting now and doing it over the course yes. of time would be really cool because there is a lot of things um, that are, it, now that I've done Anna's um, from since when she was in high school, there's things in there like, this is the verse I just prayed over you because you were struggling with. Yeah. X or Y or Z, or you could be like, I leaned over your bed last night and I prayed this oh, for you when you yes. were two years old. You know what I mean? I think that, I think there's some really neat value in doing it. Like I did this through your whole growing up years. Yeah. And then when they're 18, like graduating from high school, oh, yes. that is such a good idea. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to have to get him one and start it. And I could even start with this one in my belly. Be like, yes. I prayed this while you were still in my belly. Yes. Oh. Can you imagine that? What oh. a gift. And you can oh. be praying. I mean, it's a great way to pray for your kid. Like right yes. now, you know, yes. I mean, I know you do, but, but it is still so like it's intentional. intentional. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I think we just gave people some, a good idea. You need to like <laughs> trademark the, the legacy Bible. That's, <laughs> that's Jennifer's trademark. Um, okay. Jennifer, the last question that I love to ask when you look back over your whole story, your comeback story or your life, what makes, what's one thing that makes sense now that happened in the past that where you can see God's hand and say, that's why that happened. Yeah. I actually have a question like that in the journal. Very, very much like that. So I'd be curious to to see how other people would answer this too. So I've already answered that question because I've answered the questions in the journal, but I didn't answer it to you. So it is related to the comeback story um, because there was a lot of time when I did come to know and trust Jesus as my savior, I actually had um, a lot of anger toward what I viewed as wasted years and toward what I viewed as really like depressing years, because at night I would be laying in my bed and I would think this is it. And God, if you're real, say something do yeah. something like crying out to God and just feeling like there was no answer at all. And, you know, I would say to God, your, your word says that if I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. And, and why, why was it like that? So for a while, I really struggled with that. And um, now I see why it's because it made me dig into the Bible and yeah. have a love for his word that I don't know if I would have had otherwise it drew me into his word in a way that, that that was with such desperation. And I think I'll know more when I get to heaven someday, but I think that's why it didn't make sense at the time, but it definitely makes sense to Jennifer in this particular season of life. That's powerful. Thank you for sharing that. And thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging out on the comeback couch. Tell people where they can find you um, all about book pre-order. If you're to that point, all the things. Yes. So you can find me Jennifer Dukesley everywhere, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my, that's what my website is. 
Um, and then I have a new page called Stuff I'd Only Tell God on Instagram. And I share journaling tips on there. I'm talking a lot about the pre-order incentives and the giveaways real soon. We've got some fun stuff that we'll be giving away. And really just learning from each other. I'm so excited to feature other people's content, the things they're writing in their journals and creating a community where people can just tell their stuff to uh, to each other and to God. Oh, okay. Well, that's a brilliant idea. So everyone go follow Jennifer, but then also follow Stuff I'd Only Tell God. That's that's a lot of fun. Um, okay. Well, I love you. I adore you. Thank you so much for being on. I wish that I could literally make this episode go live right now today (laughs) this was this was truly one of my favorite conversations i've gotten to have here so thank you and um i'm excited for this book i'm excited for it to go into the world thank you all right talk soon hey thanks for stopping by and sitting a while on the comeback couch with me you know i'd love to hear from you questions, feedback, and even requests. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at Caitlin Chapel Rogers. And hey, don't be shy. Share the show with a friend, post it on your social media and tag me, and send me your comeback stories. You never know when they might make it on the show.